Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. So I just want to talk to you a wee bit, and it's just amazing because when Nadine opened up this morning, she, was, um, she shared uh, um, just a line, and she said, the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. And that's what I've actually titled this message, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. Jesus, church, is the greatest gift. He is the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. He is the gift that keeps on giving. Why? Because what we have in Jesus is endless. It's endless. What we have in Jesus is endless. It never runs out. You know, when we, like, when I think back to when I was a kid, when I was a young child on Christmas Day, you know, and I'm so thankful too, like, I grew up in a house where, you know, um, we always went to church on Christmas morning, and I was taught from a young age that Christmas, it's, it's about Jesus, amen, and we put him first, right, and we put, it's, we worship him, we, de- we, we give this day to him, amen, in honor and respect to him, and you know, but Christmas Day when you were a kid, it was so exciting. You know, you got presents, you got to give gifts, which always brought joy as well. You got to receive gifts. And, you know, when you're a young kid and, and you've got a big imagination and it's just, it's like, it's, 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 it's overwhelming, you know, when you, when you get to play with something new that you've received or, or, or something maybe that you haven't had before. And you get to spend so much time with family. And it, it's a great day. It's a great couple of days. And, and your big imagination as a young child, it's going wild. It's, go, it's, just, it's just constant. And, you know, as I was, I, when I was meditating on these things, it was like, you know, I remembered, you know, after a couple of weeks or after a couple of months, that it just doesn't have it the, it's the same shine as it did on Christmas morning. Am I right? It just, you know, as a young kid, it's like, you know, for the first couple of weeks and months, and yes, we may continue to play with these things and, and have fun and enjoy these things, but, you know, it's, it's the, the novelty begins to wear off after time. Even as adults, you know, we, we appreciate gifts, you know, especially, you know, the manner behind it, you know, to show that somebody has been thoughtful and given not, not to get back, but just given out of love. And it's, and it's great, and some of these gifts are sentimental, and they will continue to mean much to us. But as Nadine said, perfume runs out, aftershave runs out, clothes get worn out. Computers only last a few years, phones only last a few years. These things eventually get old, they get, they get worn out. But church, the gift that's in Jesus, it keeps giving. Jesus keeps giving. What we have in Christ is just endless. And that's what is the greatest gift. The gift doesn't get old. You know, by the way of this wonderful miracle, he came to earth on that glorious night in Bethlehem in the form of a little baby, a man, born the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, nobody is born into that. Somebody is born, you know, and and maybe they're next in line. Or they inherit it or, or some. But he was born king and Lord. Jesus. You know, um, we talk, we hear a lot about, oh, that was such a wonderful Christmas miracle that happened. We see movie titles titled The Christmas Miracle and whatever. And people think, oh, this is a time for miracles. You know, the Christmas miracle is Jesus. That is the Christmas miracle. Amen. 
And through him, you'll find all the other miracles. He is the miracle. His birth was a miracle. He is what it's all about. So church, what I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about is the true miracle of Christmas. And this is just a message that God put in my heart. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of what we have in him and who we are in him. Amen. And just, and how amazing and wonderful he is. And the true miracle of Christmas is that God sent his son to reveal himself. If you think about that for a second, Father God sent his son, Jesus, to reveal himself to us. That's why he sent him. That, that was the purpose. We as the New Testament church get to look through the lens of Jesus. Because why? He is the mirror image of our Father God. And you know what the blessing in that is, church? This was only made available to us, not to anybody else in history before the church was established. Turn with me really quickly to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, and in verse 1, the, the verses will be up on the screen if you, if you need them. And it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, are we in the last days? That is talking about this time now that we're in. In these last days, he speaks to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. And in the Passion Translation, it says, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of his Son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. So God sent his son, and I just wrote a few things here as I was thinking about these verses. God sent his son to reveal his message of love. To us, under the new covenant, he speaks in the language of his son. You see, in times past, you know, we got, like, they got a piece of the puzzle. A piece of the puzzle, a piece of the puzzle. And God was revealing himself in different ways through different men and different women. And it was a piece by piece. All which was pointing to Jesus, might I say. Everything was always pointing to Jesus, but he revealed it piece by piece. But now that we have Jesus, he speaks to us in the language of his son. The Bible says he is an express image of the father. So we know the true nature of our God. We know the true nature of our Abba Father. We know the true nature of our Daddy. Because Jesus reveals him to us. And that is the miracle, church. Jesus came to reveal our Father God to us. The miracle is not only that God now reveals himself through Jesus, which was a miracle in itself. But the miracle is what goes on that the message of Jesus himself has the ability to transform our lives. So not only has Father God revealed himself through Jesus, his son, the message itself has the ability to transform our lives, as it has for many of us in here. What a gift, what a miracle. Christmas is, this great, is the celebration of the greatest message that was ever proclaimed, Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. He is with us, church. 
Jesus came to proclaim God's message so that we can be set free and enter into relationship. The true miracle is found in the messenger. Jesus came to give us hope. We have a wonderful hope in Jesus. You know, when, when, when people ask me, you know, about Jesus or maybe, you know, what it is that, I'm, that I believe, what it is, like what it is that, that you are about. Like they know maybe, you know, that I, I go to church and I'm this and I'm that. And it's like the best way I can describe it is just to try and explain the hope. The hope that we have in Jesus. Because there's many that are hopeless. The world is in a hopeless state. They need Jesus because he is the source of hope. And he did this, church. He did it because of love. He wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us to know that you aren't just created to fill space. You're not just created just for any old reason. You're created for a specific purpose. And that purpose is wrapped up in the, in the making is to know him and to make him known. Because to know him is intimacy. To know him is that relationship. And from that place of intimacy and from that place of relationship and from that place of just, you know, partnership with God, you make him known. You make him known. And you don't even, you know, it's not even just in your words. It's how you live. It's your actions. It's your lifestyle. You just make him known. It's, it's obvious. The fruit just flows out of you. His love, church, is a wonderful gift that keeps on giving. We grow in a revelation of his love. And the more we understand how much he loves us, the more we can operate in that love. We can begin to walk in love to the people around us. We can become Christ-like, more Christ-like in our actions, even when people frustrate us, even when people do things to hurt us. We can walk in love. We can choose to walk in love because that's what is Christ-like. Amen. And if we're, we say things, oh, we do everything to honor you, Lord. We do everything to glorify you. We do everything to exalt you. But if we're not walking in Christ-like love, that's not honoring God. That's not honoring God when you're not treating people the way you should be. That's not Christ-like. Amen. And his love was a gift that was given to us freely. Amen. Freely. And he's put that love on the inside of us. We should be radiating the love of Christ. And like I said, church, it's a journey. Amen. We grow in it. We grow in our revelation of it. The more you get to know him, the more you can walk in love and operate in it. Nobody is at that place of, of arrival, but we're on the way. We're getting there. We've been made perfect through Christ on the inside in our spirit, man. And it's about operating that through our flesh and putting our flesh down. 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells us that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means that we, we, the hope that we now have, the love that we now have, we're supposed to be giving it to the people around us. Reconciling them back to the Father. Showing them Jesus. Pointing them to Jesus. Amen. And that's, that's, that's done through our, our lifestyle. Amen. Because we can say all the right words, but if we're not walking in love, how, how does people see Christ in us? Love is a gift. John 3.16, I said it a few minutes ago. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So now everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but experience everlasting life. Jesus is a gift that was given to us by the Father to show us the manner in which he loves us. 
See, Jesus so loved the world is the manner in which he loved us, that he gave us his son. That was the proof of God's love for us. People say, oh, God doesn't love me. Go read John 3.16. He gave his only son. He gave his son for you. That's the greatest gift that anybody will ever or could ever give you. And he gave it for you. You just have to receive it. You just have to receive it. He does love you. God loves you with an everlasting love. And I just want to share with you here one of the many things that we can continue to receive from the gift of having Jesus. The gift that keeps on giving, one of the many things that we can keep receiving from him, and this is what he's put in my heart, is joy. Joy. Joy to the world, church. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. We know it. It's a familiar carol that we all sing and we hear about it at this time of year. Joy to the world. But do we, did we stop and think about what that means? Joy to the world. He is that joy. Jesus is the joy that the world needs. Luke 2, chapter 8. Luke 2, verse 8. Forgive me. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. These words just jumped out at me. Jumped out at me when I was reading this. Jesus is the great joy to all people. The miracle, of the, uh, the miracle of his birth was what the angel described as the most joyous news the world will ever receive. The news that was brought that night was the most joyous news the world will ever see. We sing about a joy to the world and that is exactly what he is. Jesus is joy to all who know him and enter into a relationship with him. Jesus is the joy. And that is why he came in the first place, was so that we could have that relationship with him. You know what, church? We live in a, in a world that's, and in a culture that's dominated by fear. Yes? You know, you look all around you, you see fear. You walk down the street, you see fear. If you're talking to somebody in the world for more than five minutes and sometimes not even, you will hear fear. You will hear anxiety. You will hear some form of like a nervousness or just like, an, just a, it's just, it's a darkness. And that's what fear is because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, yes? God gave us a spirit of love, power and a sound mind. So fear is not from God, but we live in a world and in a culture that's dominated by fear. Many people are trapped because they don't know the truth that sets them free. And even at this time of year, people get stressed, people get worked up, people get, you know, and, you know, many people fall into this trap of, you know, falling into the trap of, oh, I'm making sure I have everything I need for Christmas or, you know, because it's, it's a financial strain, you know, it's a, it's a physical strain, it's, it's, it can be when it's not looked through the right lens, when it's not, you know, when you lose focus of what it's really about, that can very easily happen. 
we can get stressed. And even when we're not typically a stressful person, it can, this time of year can stress us out because the schedule speeds up. You know, your, your, your daily things and how you do things get faster because, you know, the place is busier. You can't even go into, into town and it's busy. There's traffic everywhere. Who loves traffic? Amen. There's traffic everywhere. You're, you, you struggle to get to places on time. And it's just mayhem. And it can bring stress. And it can be so small that we don't even recognize it. Stress and anxiety and just an uptightness. And it's an easy target. This time of year can be an easy target for fear to enter in. But church, this may be true of the world's culture, but it's not true for us as believers. Amen. It's not true for us. We can participate in celebrations in the holiday season. We can celebrate what it's really about. We can have special time with our family. But we don't need to be and we shouldn't be participating in any form of fear or anxiety. Why? Because God's joy is on the inside of us. His joy is on the inside of us. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a gift that keeps on giving. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 very popular, we know it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That conformed means don't be, the world is going to try and mold you as to what they think is acceptable. The world is going to try and mold you into, this is, this is the robot that, that we want to, to form. This is what you need to, this is the ideals you need to stand in. This is where you need to act. This is the way you need to be. And they'll try to conform you, pour you into a mold so you look exactly like everybody else. But what does the Bible say? Do not be conformed to this world. So how do we not be conformed to this world? You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you do not let the world's culture dominate you. That's how you do not let the fear or anything else at this time of year, any time of the year, dominate you or have any place in your life as you renew your mind with the word of God. It's, church, it's important. You know it's important because, I mean, we give it so much time here. We're to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And the, the Lord showed me this and he said to me, don't allow yourself to get sucked into any other culture other than heaven's culture. Kingdom culture. You know what, church, we can celebrate. You know, I look around this room. And I see so many beautiful people coming from different parts of the world. Geographically, we come from different places, different backgrounds, different cultures. And you know what? It's, it's, it's so nice to see people embracing that. And it's beautiful to see. But it shouldn't be define who we are. Because in Christ, we're all the identical. We're all one family. And that's the culture. The culture that we come from shouldn't come above our heaven's culture. You know, the tagline of this church that our pastors put in this church, you know, the vision that God gave them is cultivating heaven's culture on earth. That's why we're here, is to cultivate the culture up there, down here. That's why we don't stand for sickness. That's why we don't stand for oppression and depression and all the things, because guess what? That's not in heaven. And we are not to live by any other culture other than heaven's culture kingdom culture because we may be in the world but we're not of the world we were taken out of the world when we received the greatest gift that could ever be given and then we become part of a new family we enter into a new kingdom a new culture 
Do not be sucked. It's very easily, easily it's, it can easily happen. We can get sucked into a different culture or, or, or from where our roots are or whatever it may be. And, and it, makes us to, it makes us turn our back on what heaven's culture is because I guarantee you, there's a, what other cultures stand for and what other cultures are, they're not, they don't look like heaven's culture a lot of the times. So do not get sucked in. Do not forget that that's who you have now made, been reborn to be. This is what we are transforming into as we renew our minds. We're transforming into a new person in Christ. We've been made that new person, but the mind is getting reprogrammed to that, to line up with what's happened in here. And we're to live, that's what Jesus called us to be, to live in that place of transformation. We're to be continually transforming. Continually transforming. You know, we may know what the word says concerning joy and that it's a gift from God, but sometimes we can lack in the knowledge. Or, or sometimes we can say, how do I, I know I have joy, but how do I apply that to my everyday life? You know, even just in the simple things. You know, because it's easy to say you can have joy when things are going well, but how do I apply it to my everyday life? And you know, a joy to the world, is, it's more than just a Christmas carol, church. It's more than just a Christmas carol. Do we truly know the joy that's the gift? Because that's how you're going to get it to apply to your everyday, your everyday life when you truly know who the joy to the world is. God is letting us know that when you prepare the room for Jesus and receive him into your heart, the words say, you know, prepare him room. See, he's joy to the world, but you have to make room for him. You have to prepare the room. He is the joy to the world, but have you made room for him in your heart? See, once you prepare the room and once you make room for him, once you accept him and receive him as your Lord and Savior, he's your source of joy, whether you feel it or not. He's your source of joy. You will receive a source of joy that is your strength. It comes as a package deal. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. You are now a temple. You are a place of residence. And who is residing on you? The Spirit of God. What a gift. Jesus gave us that gift too in Holy Spirit. What a gift. We talk about gifts, church. Let us not forget these gifts because these are the gifts that keep giving. These are the gifts that won't run out. The joy that the Lord has and freely gives is on the inside of each and every believer. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm just going to really go quickly through these verses I have. In verse 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against there is no such law. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit are these things. The fruit of the Spirit. It's not your fruit. It belongs to Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of you. But if it belongs to Holy Spirit, it belongs to you. Because the Bible says we've been made one spirit with the Lord. We now are in him. Our identity is in him. So therefore what belongs to him belongs to us as a gift that he just keeps giving. And you have to know that it belongs to you. It's not something that's on a shelf like, a, like those rest of the gifts we get today. We go spray something now and again. We go put a top on. We go do whatever. Then we put it back on and we come and go as we please. And we put it back. No, the joy is in you. Peace is in you. Love is in you. Holy Spirit is in you. You don't take it off. 
It's your place of residence. This is what you already have living on the inside of you. If you are a believer, you know, people often ask for prayer. You know, people will come up and even just, not even just in church, but just in general, people will always ask, just pray for me that I'll get more joy. That I'll have more joy. And church, I understand what they mean. It's just a lack of knowledge. I, I understand where they're coming from, but we don't pray for more joy because we've been given the joy, right? What do we pray for? We pray for how we get this connected. There's something with the connection that's not right. See, when you stay connected to the life of Christ that's on the inside of you, the joy will flow. The joy will flow. You're not, it's the same with faith. You don't ask for more faith. You don't have to ask for more love. Oh, Lord, this person's really annoying me this week. Please give me more love for them. No, you just need that love revealed to you more. But you don't need more. You've been given it. It's been shed abroad in your heart. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Is the Spirit living on the inside of you? It's not your fruit. It's the Holy Spirit's fruit. It comes from Him. The fruit of the Spirit that's within us is joy. It's supernatural. People miss it, church, because they think it's an emotion. They think it's a feeling. They understand it as something that comes and goes with the seasons of life. At, at Christmas time, you even see people, you, you, you go into the stores, you, you see people just in the street that don't even know Jesus, and, and they'll claim to be joyful. You know, because Christmas just brings that joy. And a lot of the times it's a facade. It's a fake until you make a joy. Okay? Joy to the world. And they've no idea what that joy is because they don't even know him. You see, it's easy to say you have joy at Christmas time when you feel joyful, when you're getting gifts, when you're with your family, when you're doing things. You know, it can easy. But what happens then when you don't feel joyful? Then do you claim to have no joy? Because that's not the way it works, church. We don't claim to have no joy then. Because the joy is in the inside of you. Joy is not a season. It's not a feeling. It doesn't come with Christmas. It's a supernatural fruit that is residing on the inside of your spirit because of the life of God that's on the inside of you. It's a gift. It will transform your life. It doesn't lose its shine. It will transform you on a day-to-day -day basis once you have a revelation of that it belongs to you. And how do we do this? It, it, it happens when you don't go on what your emotions are telling you because you come under the rule of the Holy Spirit. You're ruled by the Holy Spirit. You, allow, you submit yourself onto that governmental rule and you don't let your flesh rule you. You don't let your emotions rule you. The Holy Spirit rules you. Okay? And he's the source of joy. Fear will be broken off your life as you begin to choose joy and be thankful in every season. Because guess what, church? You can't be fearful and joyful at the same time. You have to choose one. Choose one. People will say, oh, I, well, that's ridiculous. I would never choose fear. It's just, but I, I just have no choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. Choose joy. And, you know, it may be a case of you don't, you're not obviously willingly or knowingly choosing fear, but it's, it's what you're, op it's maybe what, this is where Holy Spirit comes in. Maybe some things need revealed. Where are you leaving a door open? Where are you, like, where, what is some, 
maybe there's an area of your life that needs addressed. Or maybe it could be something that you don't even know that there's, there's, a, there's an element of fear getting in. Holy Spirit will show you. He will reveal it to you and then he'll help you deal with this. He loves you that much, church. The joy of the Lord, and this is something the Lord spoke to me with this as well, and this is important. The joy of the Lord is far greater. It is far greater than anything that we or our circumstances could produce. We think, oh, I got healed, or I received my healing, or, you know, God blessed me financially. I'm now joyful. And yes, that's, that's good, because good, that stuff, you should be happening for you, okay? But that's not why you should be joyful. Your circumstances and, and what's happening around you do not produce the joy of the Lord, because the joy of the Lord is far greater than anything that we or that our circumstances can produce. Church, we can cheapen his joy. We can cheapen it when we think that it depends on our emotions, like it's a come and go sort of thing, like it comes with the ups and downs. Don't cheapen the joy of the Lord. It's not dependent on your circumstances. It's far more powerful than that. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 1, to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's why the Bible says, even in the trials you can choose joy. It's far more powerful when you get connected to that joy that's on the inside of you, to that gift that's been placed on the inside of you, and stir it up. It can rise up on the inside of you to be the very source of your strength. Our responsibility is to remain connected to the life of Christ within us. And that joy, along with every other fruit, will freely flow through our lives. Regardless of hell's trying to break loose around you or not. And church, I've been there in those situations where hell is trying to break loose. You still have to choose joy. You still have to choose it. We can be joyful in the difficult and challenging times. This, win this wonderful gift from God could never be bought. So don't cheapen it. Don't cheapen it by thinking it comes and goes. It's not a fake it till you make it joy. It's not a, you know, suck it up and get on with it. Put your big, big boy pants on and let's just fake it because I've got the joy. You don't have to do that, church. You can really tap into it and then you don't have to fake anything because you're really walking in that joy. The facts of your situation are not the be all and end all. Jesus is the finished work. You know, Jesus, what we're celebrating today, Jesus coming as a, as a baby was, was, was the start of that journey for him through becoming a man, growing up as a human, as flesh, God in flesh, to that point where he was going to give up his life and die on the cross for each and every one of us. But Jesus finished the work. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So what are we doing waiting for him you see a lot of the times people are saying right God I'm just waiting for you to show up here God I'm going to church every week God I'm going to church on a Sunday I'm going to church on a, on a Wednesday I'm reading my Bible I'm seeking you Lord but I need you to show up because this circumstance is, is coming against me this circumstance is not what you have for me but let me just encourage you to change your perspective here for a second maybe God's waiting for you to show up Maybe God's waiting for you to show up. Why are we sitting around waiting for God to do something instead of resting in his finished work? God's waiting for you to show up. You say, how can I? 
in Matthew chapter 25, it, it, this is a wonderful parable about the parable of the talents. And I'm not going to teach on it because um, I'm wrapping up here. Excuse the pun. <laughs> but it says in verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Enter into it. It's a choice. Are you entering into it or are you entering into fear? How, but, but how, how do I enter into that joy? How do I do those things? Go back to Romans chapter 12. And in verse 1, go back to verse, we read verse 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And the Passion, it says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness. Experience all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Church, how do we enter into the joy of the Lord? We show up. We show up knowing what's back in us, knowing what's on the inside of us. His presence is behind us. It's beside us. It's before us. It's on the inside of us. It's all around us. We just have to show up, present. We have to be present. We have to present ourselves as living sacrifices to him. Not sitting around depressed waiting for God to do something. The Bible says he never leaves us or forsakes us. And we say these things, oh God said he'll never leave me or forsake me. But really we're acting like we, he is leaving us at times because we're, we're, we're sitting around, oh God come back, I need you now Lord. God's waiting for you to show up. He's put everything already on the inside of you. He's waiting for you to enter into that joy because he's provided it for you, because he loves you, because you're his child. He's waiting for you to exercise your faith and walk in what Holy Spirit has already given you. He, church, we have to have a sonship mentality, not, a, not a, a condemnation mentality, not a, oh, you know, get your mind off and your focus off what you used to be and the mistakes you used to make. We're not to live in condemnation, we're to live and knowing that we're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And knowing what belongs to us. We are to present ourselves to God. We're to show up. We're to live according to how he has called us to live. Holy and consecrated for his use. We're a vessel for his use. Not our own. Not to fulfill our own pleasures. Not to just do what, oh, I'm going to do this because it makes me happy. I'm going to do this because, you know, it takes that feeling away from me. And me, 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 me. No, you need to live for him. You know, and that's where you're going to try find that true fulfillment. That's where you're going to try to find that true fulfillment. We're not supposed to run and hide under the covers, shutting ourselves away when trouble comes. Living, allowing fear to grip us and cripple us. We're to be present and facing whatever comes head on. Knowing something, church, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Greater than he that's in us than the fear that's in the world. Greater is he than in us than the depression that's in the world, than the sickness that's in the world, than the loneliness that's in the world, than whatever else that is trying to come against you that's in the world. He is greater and he's in you because, and he is the gift that just keeps unfolding. He keeps unwrapping. 
on wrapping. Do you ever get those gifts where it's like they play, they play the trick and it's like 20 layers of wrapping paper? You get it in like, a, um, what's the name of that game in the, at the birthday party? Pass the parcel. And it's like wrapper after wrapper. It's like get, there's something under each level. There's something under each layer. You just have to keep unraveling it. He's so good, church. He's the gift that keeps giving. You have to be sure in what and in who you believe. Because if you're not, your joy will be stolen from you. If you're not sure of what you believe or you're not sure of what's available to you or you're not sure in who, you don't, that joy can be easily stolen from you. God wants to set us free from fear. He wants us to walk in the gift of his joy. John 15, 11, I'll close with this, says, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. It's his joy, church. His joy is fulfilling. It fills us up. It gives us strength. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through Holy Spirit. And those very words are what brings joy. That's why you need to renew your mind. That's why you need to be intimate with him. That's where the joy comes. That's how you enter into that joy. Don't allow the world's expectations or standards choke the word. Don't allow them to stifle the word. Don't allow them to stifle or quench the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is powerfully producing joy. And that joy is a gift and so powerful that it never runs out and it never fades away. It doesn't lose its shine. It doesn't get old. It's as fresh as the day that you received it. And actually, the more that it's revealed to you, the more it just bubbles up and bubbles up and bubbles up. This is the joy that the Lord wants us to proclaim to the world. Joy to the world, I have come. Joy to the world, I have come to give you life. You just have to receive. The world just has to receive. So I encourage you, the rest of this season or in seasons in the future, when we hear that song, understand that it's the joy, that he is that source of joy and he has come for the world. But people need to see that joy in us. He wants us to proclaim that joy on the inside, that we have an inside to the world. That is the true joy to the world. And it's been given to us as children of God. Are we blessed this morning? Yeah. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Father, for this wonderful day. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to serve you, Lord, to worship you. It doesn't matter what day it is, Lord, we're never too busy for you. Because we woke up this morning with breath in our lungs as a very gift from you. We woke up this morning, Father Lord, with another day to live as a gift from you, Lord. And we are so honored and we want to use our efforts. We want to use, Lord, everything that you've made available to us, Lord, to worship you and to live our lives holy and consecrated to you. Thank you, Father, for the gift that in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the gifts that we receive through you, that they just keep on giving. They keep on coming. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you, Father, for that wonderful night where you came as a baby, as a wonderful expression of the love of our Father God, as proof of his love for us. So you could later die on the cross, take our sins, 
and give us your eternal life. A gift that we carry on through eternity in relationship and intimacy and union with you. What a hope. Oh, Jesus, what a hope. Help us proclaim that hope to those around us who are lost, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time in your presence, for this time worshiping you, serving you, Lord, hearing your word, I believe, Lord, the word that, sent, that was sent forth, Lord, by Holy Spirit this morning was planted on good grounds, will produce fruit, driving out all sickness, driving out all disease. The word of God, it's our medicine. It's health to our flesh, life to our bones. So we drive out all sickness and disease from the midst of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We claim your protection over us and our families as we go about our day, as we vacate this place, as we exit this place, Lord. We know, we stand on Psalm 91, knowing, Lord, that we dwell in the secret place. We dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. No plague will come near our dwelling place. No evil shall befall us. Nothing shall come knocking at our door and prosper against us. Even though the weapon may be formed, it will not prosper. Angels are gone before us. Angels are with us. Your Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, guiding us into all truth. We are protected in all of our ways, in all of our travels, and everywhere we go. Thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding on each and every one of us. Thank you for that peace and that joy and that love and everything else that we receive from you. It'll be so evident this Christmas season that when we are spending time with our family members and our friends that, that may not know you yet, Lord, it's going to be so evident and it's going to be a witness to them. To know that we are different. Yes, we are different. We are set apart. We are disciples of, of you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Help us walk in love towards people, our brothers and sisters to the world around us. Help us walk in love and faith towards you, Lord, and faith in your word, standing upon it as true disciples do, Lord, and acting upon it. And you stand over your word to perform it, Lord. Your word does not return void. So we thank you, Father, for wonderful testimonies that's coming forth, Lord, in the days and weeks ahead. And we declare, Lord, in closing, that here at Island Church Dundalk, we are covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.